people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, welcome to another episode of Kidney Talk. Uh, episode. Why do you call it an episode? I don't. Okay, podcast. podcast. Does that sound better? Okay. That's better because okay. episode, I'm thinking CSI kidney. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, today we have Scott Gunter with us, and he's a licensed clinical social worker in Pocatello, Idaho. So, welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you, Lori, and thank you for having me on the show. It's a privilege. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, medication assistance programs. And I think that's so important because patients can't always afford their meds. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the facility that uh, you are a social worker at. I've been a social worker here at Idaho Kidney Center for about four and a half years. Um, We're a smaller facility, we have about, oh, between our, our home patients and in-center dialysis patients, we have about 90 patients. Um, about 35 of the patients do home dialysis. Isn't that the entire population of Pocatello, though, 90? <laughs> Not quite. Oh. Pocatello is about 60,000. Oh, really? smaller cities around it. But we do have a, a fairly high, high number of patients for the, uh, we're a rural area, so we have a fairly high number of patients. Well, and you have a high percentage of patients on home dialysis, uh, 30%, it sounds like. We do. We do. And that's something we've really pushed over the last few years. We've seen that patients that do their own dialysis usually do a little bit better. So. Well, and they don't have to drive so far in those rural areas also. That probably helps. Yeah. Is yes, that, that, is that, that uh, helps a lot. And then they could do their dialysis on their schedule rather than trying to accommodate ours. Uh, when you do home dialysis with them, is that the next stage machine or no? Uh, well, when you do home dialysis, do you do PD or home hemo? Most of our patients do the peritoneal dialysis. Um, we are seeing a trend where more patients who aren't able to do the peritoneal are, are being trained in, in the home hemo. So we only have a handful of home hemo patients right now, though. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about the medication assistant programs that you utilize to um, help patients you know, when they can't uh, afford their meds. Okay. Um, you know, one of the, the things that I realized when I started working in dialysis with patients, and I've done social work for over 20 years, um, but I, I realized a common issue that patients have is just being able to, to afford their medications. And after starting as a dialysis social worker, I recognized this was a problem, so I started to investigate and, and to see what help was available for those patients. Um, fortunately, I, I um, was able to get quite a bit of information from various pharmaceutical representatives, and, and they helped me, um, kind of pointed me in the right direction. So one of the, the main things that I do with patients is find out what their payer source is for their medications. So find out what kind of prescription coverage they have, whether it's Medicare Part D or Medicare Part D and limited income subsidy or Medicaid, which gives them extra help, or if they have commercial insurance, or if for some reason they're not able to, to have any prescription coverage. And then depending on what type of prescription coverage, it kind of points you in the direction as to what type of assistance to look for. 
But fortunately, most of the renal-specific medications have developed some pretty good patient assistance programs to help patients out. So if I'm a patient and I'm at the unit and I'm having trouble getting, let's say, a phosphate binder, you know, I just can't afford it. And would the social worker come to me or the doctor would come to me or nurse or would I go to the social worker and say, I need help? You know, it, it, the, the best thing to do is for the patient to bring that up and to talk to the social worker or the dietitian and say, you know, you prescribed these, you prescribed these medications to me but I really just can't afford them. And that's when the, the interdisciplinary team or that team that helps the, the patient gets together and they sit down and they, and they start to problem solve this and see what things can be done to help the patient out. Well, wouldn't you say most of your, the patients on dialysis are on Medicare? And doesn't Medicare pay for the two most expensive drugs, which are the anti-rejection drugs? Well, that's more in transplant, but they don't pay after three years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I forgot about dialysis. Yeah, yeah well, dialysis, the, the drugs that um, are mostly not covered are phosphate binders, correct? Yeah, the phosphate binders, and then there's some bone management medications that aren't included in the bundle. Um, like, yeah, like the bone and mineral management. They keep changing the name from secondary hyperparathyroidism to bone and mineral management. I also heard that ecstasy was not covered as well. <laughs> is that correct? That is correct. You can get oh, that on the corner. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so so basically some of these medications are um, expensive. If, if the patient isn't able to access them, um, they can have pretty severe consequences by, you know, not managing bone and mineral uh, disease. So yeah, what- Absolutely. And, and the, the difficult thing for patients to recognize with that is they're, they're what we call asymptomatic symptoms. You, you don't really feel it. If you have high phosphorus and it's causing damage to your bones and your cardiovascular system, um, and some of, some of the things I hear is basically patients are turning into a statue from the inside out because of the hardening of the arteries and the, and the blood vessels and that. But patients don't necessarily feel this for months or years. And, and that's really a hard thing for, for new dialysis patients to recognize the importance of keeping those labs within range. And that's why the medication is so important. Well, I itched like crazy oh, when too. my phosphorus was up. Oh, I, my goodness. I, I broke the skin, and I was, uh, you know, and your remedy didn't work. You, oh. She had some kind of witch's brew <laughs> that, uh, you know, she said, witch hazel. You're and, so gullible. What was it? It was like witch hazel and vinegar and a little bit of peanut butter on the side. Just rub it all over your body. Uh, the only thing is my dog licked it off, and that was it. It got your mind off of it for a while, didn't it? Oh, my gosh. This home remedy. Well, and the thing is, is it's an itch from the inside out, which you can't ever really satisfy that phosphorus itch. <laughs> it never seems to go away. So that's always the first sy- sy- symptom. But I know some people who have higher phosphoruses that don't feel that. So it's it's really interesting how it manifests in different people's body. Well, you really don't feel high blood pressure either for the most part. Yeah, you don't. Do you? Uh, other than your eyes might hurt a little bit. Your eyes might hurt? Yeah, because the pressure. In your eyes? Yes. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> We're obviously not on the that. same page today, but that's okay. Um, but so this medication assistance process, is do you have to apply for each different company, and does it take like weeks or days or hours? How long is the process? You know, the, the process has improved quite a bit just in the time I've been working in dialysis. Usually... 
you know, you're looking at a, a week to a few weeks turnaround. Um, sometimes the dialysis facilities work with that pharmaceutical company and can have some samples to help patient out. It, it kind of depends on, on the nature of the unit and, and just that. But, but it does take a, uh, a week or two to get the, whether it's a card or some of the, the companies send free products to the patients that qualify. And what, what there's kind of, a process there. Well, what kind of, I was going to say, what's the process? Do they have to jump through hoops? Do they have to show tax returns and all that other stuff? And, and typically what they want is they do want proof of income for um, some of these programs. And, and it depends on the type of coverage. Let's talk about Medicare Part D first because that's the one that most of our patients are, are they have some form of Medicare Part D and, and that's the one where they experience the donut hole or the, the large chunk of the God, I love the donut holes. year you when they have to pay for the medication. So let's look at that first. So these these programs, usually what happens is you go to your social worker or your dietitian, and they may have an application where you have to fill out just some basic information about yourself and your income. And then typically they will ask for proof of income, which can be a social, social security letter, um, just an earnings letter from social security, or possibly... You can use your tax return or even uh, like three consecutive bank statements showing the direct deposit or, or even just one. And it does seem like some hoops, but this is something that can save patients hundreds of dollars a month. So if, if you look at it, maybe it takes you a, an hour or two to fill the application out and then, and then to, uh, you know, just track down the process and provide documentation. But if you're going to save a couple hundred dollars a month, do this. It's well worth your time. Yeah, I mean, that that doesn't seem like much. I mean, because I know I spend three hours every Sunday clipping coupons that I never <laughs> use, you know. So, I, well, I know You know that how many to... coupons I have for Teddy Grahams? And I, I never use them because I don't eat Teddy Grahams. <laughs> but, you know, when I, I get enticed by the 75 cents off of Teddy Grahams. And it's, it's interesting, you know, you may spend a few hours doing that a week and not use it, where this is a process that you do once a year for each different medication. And, and realistically, you could save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars wow. a year. That, that sounds great. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, on our website, we have a resource page. If you go to rsnhope.org and go to resources and then click on medication resources, we have a list of all the companies that provide uh, assistance programs. Now, can a patient access these by themselves or do they need the help of their social worker? You know, the patient can actually access these on their own. The internet's an amazing thing and you can download most of these applications and, or some of these some of these programs you call up and provide the information on the phone and then they can send you the application. Some of the programs you do, most of the programs you do need a, a prescriber signature. So you'll have to take it in at some point and get your physician to sign it. Um, but you can do that at your next visit with your your nephrologist, you know, during rounds or, or just your regular visit or something like that. So. I mean, I've seen commercials on television where the drug company says, if you can't afford your medicine, call AstraZeneca or whatever. Yeah, might. there's a number of them. There's one called Needy Meds. And then also a lot of patients don't know, but a lot of the transplant meds have rebate cards, where and those are listed also on our uh, website that you can get a card where you can get a discount off of your your prescription. So when you go to the pharmacy, you just give them it, and then they basically take that amount off your, your the cost of your meds. Oh, really? Because those are very expensive. Uh, everything's very expensive, isn't it? It's not the, the anti-rejection. It's not drugs. cheap to be sick. <laughs> 
Um, well, uh, um, how many of your patients access this in your clinic approximately? Does this uh, uh, impact a large percentage or a smaller percentage in you your know, facility? About half of our patients are what we call dual eligible, which means they have either we, we live um, close to the Four Hall Indian Reservation, so a lot of our patients have medication coverage through the Indian Health Services, and not as many of those patients access it. And many of our patients have Medicare and Medicaid, or they qualify for limited income subsidy, which is extra help with their medication. So about half of the patients have some extra help for their meds or medications, and they don't necessarily need as much assistance, so the, the finances aren't a barrier for those patients as much. Um, but the patients that have commercial coverage where they have large co-pays or the Medicare Part D patients use that. And I would say you know, probably between 30 and 50% of our patients do access some form of medication assistance. What I find, you know, surprising when I run a support group is some patients feel proud, like they don't want to ask for help. Like they just think, oh, I'll just try to figure out how to manage on my own. And, you know, I really tell them if the service is there, uh, you're not doing yourself any good or, <laughs> or the healthcare system any good if you're not you know, missing a pill every day and going to have serious health consequences in the future as a result of it. And that goes for transplant or phosphorus management or any other type of pill that you need to manage your health. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's really good advice, Lori, because there is some pride with that. And somebody who's worked all their life and paid for things as they, as they go, it's, it's hard for them to accept assistance. And one of the things that I do as a social worker is, is just some of that counseling and education, that these programs are out there and, and it's to assist with this. This is how the healthcare system is set up. And the most important thing is, is that you're getting the medications that you need to maintain your health and your quality of life. Well, uh, thank you, Scott. This is some great information. And, you know, one of the things that has always bothered me when I have to call and order my medications, have you, you, know, have you done that, Stephen, where you call the mail order system and it yeah. drives you crazy because you can't get a live person they keep you putting you into like voicemail hell you just oh, no go, no i can get to them but you know what bothers me the most about calling them is they i'll say i want to uh, do a refill on this medication they said uh, what's the medication ma'am oh because <laughs> they always think i'm a woman but uh, <laughs> no but i mean they're they're pretty good uh, i'm i'm with a, a company that's pretty good you know well you know what i found out a trick i just want to share with everybody is that i would start yelling at the phone i'm like operator operator you know and you know you can't get anywhere and they keep throwing you in this big loop but the key is you say representative and then you'll get somebody on the phone and so probably by the time this airs, they will change that term. But uh, that made my day when I found, you know, when I get frustrated calling a, because uh, I have to deal with different companies for my meds, that you can just say representative. You know what and else that works too is, you know, they say, you know, pretend like you're choking. That, that, those sounds get you right to a representative. <laughs> they send you right over to 911, huh? Exactly. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Scott. This is very helpful. And again, um, you can go to rsnhope.org, uh, click on our resources, and um, there's a place called Medication Resources, and there's a list of many resources available. And if you know of any we don't have listed, please let us know. So, uh, well, thank you, Scott, um, uh, for all your information and help. You bet. Thank you, Lori. It was a, it was a privilege to, to visit with you and to be on your show with you. And, and Steve, too. 
And Steve, too, yes. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> we can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 